Hi there, welcome to Explain This, a podcast where we try to explain complex things in simpler ways for people of all ages. I'm your host Jin Kim, and today we'll talk about what the spoon theory is, how it has nothing to do with actual cutlery, but how it can help you get a fresh perspective on how to balance and navigate through life. Let's get started. Every adult can attest to one universal fact. Life is freaking tiring. Getting up early in the morning, getting stuck in commutes, trudging through work, only to come home to cook and clean and getting through life admin to make it look like you're at least trying to be an adult. It's not just physically either. We all have different kinds of batteries that get depleted throughout the day, like our emotional energy, social energy, and compassion. If we're not careful, Our batteries go flat, and then the consequences can last for days or weeks. Sometimes even our mental health can be in danger. But unfortunately, no one really teaches us how to be an adult. Everyone and everything just demands our attention and our energy until we have nothing more to give. So the onus is really on ourselves to keep on top of things, and to balance our lives so that we don't burn out and wear ourselves out. Today I'd like to teach you the spoon theory, which is a cool analogy that Christine Misurandino coined back in 2003. Instead of an explain like I'm 5, we'll talk through how Christine explains the spoon theory, because it kind of runs like an ELI 5 anyway. Christine has a medical condition called lupus, which is a disease where the immune system gets over the top and starts attacking your own joints and organs. Not only can it cause a lot of pain, it creates a lot of chronic fatigue too. Chronic fatigue is one of those things that's really hard to explain in words, if you've never had it. A common issue that people with chronic medical conditions have is that when they try to explain why they aren't able to function at 100%, people can't understand. Many people will just say, oh, I feel tired too, you know, holding down a job and like paying bills and taking care of family, blah blah blah. Why should you be different? You don't even look sick. At the same time, there will be lovely people, like friends and family and other people who care about you that want to know about what it's like to live through a chronic medical condition. So when a friend of Christine asked her during dinner what it's like to live with lupus, Christine thought of the following analogy to help her friend understand. She grabbed several spoons from around the diner, then handed it to her friend. Then she told her, here you go, you have lupus. In, I hope, the tone of Dr. Gregory House. But don't worry, it doesn't end there. Lupus isn't a disease where you literally have hands full of spoons. Christine explained to her friend that the spoons represented energy, kind of like tokens you use to pay for games at an arcade. Whenever you need to do anything, it will cost you a spoon, or maybe even two, or three, or five. To illustrate this, she asked her friend to describe a typical day. Her friend started rattling off how she would wake up, get ready for work, then head off to work. Whoa, 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 hold your horses there. Let's go back a few steps, said Christine. Waking up, after a night of terrible sleep and feeling exhausted, that's going to cost you a spoon. So she picked the spoon right out of her friend's hands and put it down. Showering and forcing yourself to fix up something for breakfast? That's a spoon each. And when you have limited energy and joint pain all over, even the simplest task can be a chore. Her friend was already looking disheartened. She only had 12 spoons to start with, and now she only had 9 left. Can't I have some more spoons, she asked. But that's not how any of this works. Christine had to explain that you only get so many spoons, and that's why she had to count how many she had at the start. Anyway, let's keep going. One does not simply get dressed, either. 
If she has a rash or bruise from her lupus, Christine has to think about wearing long sleeves. If her hands are aching, button clothes are out. She has to spend extra time on makeup and fixing up her hair if she has facial rashes or her hair is falling out. It sounds pedantic, but this really is how Christine has to approach her morning when she's living with lupus. Already, even before leaving for work, she'd use up a third of her available spoons. But the day keeps marching on. As she kept describing what a typical day would look like, Christine Friend realized that she'd lose a spoon for missing lunch, standing on the train, or working on a computer for too long without a break. She found that she had to actually skip errands because she was scared that she was running low on spoons. By the time she got to dinner time, she only had one out of 12 spoons left. But she hadn't even eaten dinner yet. Cooking would take a lot of energy as well as cleaning up the dishes. But eating out also takes energy and you might be too exhausted to drive home safely afterwards. Plus, Christine added, just in case it helps, she's feeling super nauseated now from the lupus as well, so she's not even that hungry. So let's say you make a simple super or order delivery instead. Woo! Saving energy! But now you have an evening with still only one spoon left. What would you like to use it on? Doing chores? Doing something fun for yourself? Catching up with a friend over a phone call? Or all of the above? Hmm, sorry. Can't afford it all. You might barely do even one of those with the one spoon you have left over. Afterwards, no more spoons. You're broke. Oh, and no IOUs either. If you run out of spoons, that's it. You just crash and burn. Might even mean that you start the next day with one less spoon. If you ever played the game Stardew Valley, you kind of know that if you exhaust yourself into the night just digging in the mines, you wake up the next day with less energy. By the end of the story, Christine's friend was in tears. How the hell does she do this every day? It sounds like an awful way to live life. But Christine showed her the secret. She pulled out a hidden 13th spoon. Her reserve spoon. Because Christine had lived with this for so long, she had to figure out that she always needs a reserve spoon in her pocket so that she could be prepared for any situation. So that's the spoon theory. As silly as it sounds, it covers a lot of ground. Let's break it down for a bit. The cool thing about the spoon theory is that it visualizes how much work it is for people with chronic health conditions or chronic fatigue have to plan out their day. The day starts with counting how many spoons you have, and as much as you want and beg for an extra spoon, your body ain't going to give it to you for free. So you have to be realistic and practical, rationing out how much energy you can spend that day and where you're going to spend that energy. It also highlights how powerless you feel when a spoon is just taken right from your hands. You feel like you have no control over the loss. You see, most of us are fortunate in that we don't have to think about the spoons. For most young healthy people, even if we feel tired and a bit sleepy, we can get through most of what we want to do as long as we're organized and efficient enough and we're not procrastinating enough, but that's our fault. We don't have to count out our spoons in the morning because we start the day with hundreds of spoons. I think that's the biggest thing I took away from the spoon theory when I first learned about it. As someone who's reasonably fit and well, I've never had to consciously think about how dressing myself or brushing my teeth will use up enough energy to affect me for the rest of the day. It's something many of us take for granted, that we have enough energy and potential to get through a day reasonably and live plenty of life per day. This is why the spoon theory has become popular since, with many people that have chronic health conditions. They sometimes dub themselves spoonies, which I thought was a very cute name. It helps regular people understand that everyone has a different energy reserve, and some people have such little reserve that they have to ration out their energy, and even simple basic things that we don't even think about can be costly. 
It's like the difference between regular times and a drought. Most times you don't have to be conscious about how much water you use when you shower or turn the sprinklers on. But when there's a drought and there's not much water in the tank, you have to think every time before you turn the tap on, because if you overdo it, you might not even have enough water to drink. Alright, so that's the spoon theory in its essence. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about how the spoon theory doesn't just apply for people with chronic medical issues, but to everyone in general. Welcome back. Alright, so to recap, the spoon theory is an analogy that explains how some people with chronic fatigue and medical conditions don't have all the energy in the world, so they have to be careful and mindful about how they use their energy, be it physical or emotional. Now you might be thinking, hang on, I sure don't feel like I have an infinite amount of energy. Does the spoon theory apply to me as well? Is the spoon theory just a good analogy for life in general? Do I have lupus too? Yes, yes, and no. Well, hopefully not. This isn't a House MD episode. But yeah, the real secret is that everyone has a finite amount of spoons. Most people just happen to have more than enough to get through the day. That said, I'm sure everyone has had one of those terrible days, weeks, or even months in the case of some people I know, where they're just so run down into the ground that they're constantly sick and unable to do anything. It's simple mass, really. You have an X number of spoons, and if you use more than X spoons before you can recharge, you're going to crash. So one of the most useful life skills that you can develop is learning how many spoons you start each day with, and how many spoons each activity spends. Now fortunately, most healthy people have enough reserves to get through a regular day, barring any major dramas. So for simplicity's sake, let's just say you start each day with 100 spoons. If you know that some things in particular tire you out a lot, like making a phone call to your mother who always nags at you or talks for two hours, cleaning the house, or making life admin phone calls, then you know that those take up 5, 10, maybe even 20 spoons. Which means that the more of these kind of activities you do, the less reserve you'll have afterwards. So don't be packing an entire day full of productive life admin, thinking you're going to completely refurbish the house or reorganize your life. You have to know your limits, because you're a real human being, not a robot. The next thing is knowing what affects your starting number of spoons each day. For me, I know that if I have poor sleep or I'm working a night shift, I start with anywhere from a third to a half less spoons than a normal good day. So if I have a week of night shifts, I can't do anything productive. I'm careful not to plan too many things for that week. I might plan ahead and reduce the amount I have to study, not schedule any catch-ups, or set aside a whole me day at the end of that week so that I can recharge completely before I go on to have another week of day shifts. If you have other things going on in life, like sickness or mental health problems, or a stressful event like a tumultuous relationship, or having to sort out your insurance, then you're definitely going to have less spoons per day. So work around that. Don't think you can do the same amount of work or adult things as you normally would. Just cut yourself some slack. On the other hand, you should know what gives you back spoons as well. Sleep is the most obvious one that recharges us, so make sure you're getting decent sleep each day. If you're introverted like me, then you probably have a tendency to expend emotional energy when you socialize. So schedule some alone time when you can blob out reading a book, play some games, or do some cross-stitching. I know for me that sometimes I just feel really itchy and irritated and uncomfortable because I've been burning my social energy going to work, catching up with a lot of people, and doing a lot of life admin. And that's when I know that I just need a day where I'm not doing anything, I'm just going to play magic 24 hours and just recharge. 
If you're extroverted, you might need the opposite. Maybe you need to schedule some regular coffee catch-ups and hangouts with your friends to recharge your social energy. Whatever floats your boat, know what gives you back the energy that life can take away from you. But no matter how meticulous we plan things, life uh, finds a way to surprise you. There will be days when you run out of spoons and you just feel crushed and powerless and exhausted and you can't do anything. So you should always carry a rainy day reserve of spoons, just in case for moments like that. Maybe it's your favourite movie, or a comfort food, or a friend who can give you a hug and tell you everything will be okay. It's totally okay to take a break sometimes and admit that you've run out of energy. Take a mental health day from work. Take a break from study or your project and focus on recharging instead. Because if you don't, then you won't have enough spoons for the next day or the day after that. This is especially true if you're feeling quite tired a lot of the time or losing interest in the things that you used to love doing. Like if you're saying, oh, I don't have any energy to play the saxophone or I just can't be bothered doing anything other than binge Netflix. These are all like the low fuel sign on your car. They're warning signs telling you that your reserves are low and you're not replenishing them well enough. You gotta have enough spoons. That's just a fact of life. One last thing about spoons. It's also a great reminder of how we shouldn't take energy and vigor for granted. All of us can fall victim to illness, both physical and mental. You could be in a terrible accident or catch a nasty infection that leaves you with fatigue. Or you could suffer from depression or anxiety due to all sorts of reasons that we can't predict. So if you're well and have enough spoons to get through a day, be grateful for it. Don't waste your spoons. Don't go wasting your energy giving away spoons on things that don't matter, like arguing with strangers on the internet or raging at cars on the road or doom-scrolling social media. These are addictive, easy things to do, but why use your spoons on those when you only have so many? Use it on things that add to your life instead, like passions or pet projects and friends and love and all the good things in life that you could be doing instead. Lastly, be grateful for other people giving their spoons to you. If someone takes some of their precious spoons and gives you some in the form of time, support, giving an ear for a listen, or even a small token gesture like baking you cookies, then that's a very special gift. They're giving you some of their limited number of spoons. But spoon theory lets us be that much more appreciative of life and awesome people. Just remember that. Alright, well we seem to have come to the end of the episode already. This episode is actually the first of a two-part series. Next week, we'll come back with a follow-up episode on the other cutlery-based theory, the fork theory. So tune in next week for some more cutlery-based life advice. Well, what did we learn this episode? Today we learned about the spoon theory, how each of us start the day with a certain number of spoons, and how we use up these spoons as we do different things throughout the day. And then we go to sleep, we recharge, and start the next day with a fresh lot of spoons. We learned that some people start the day with much less spoons than others, so they need to ration them out carefully to avoid getting sick or crashing and burning. We also learned that all of us have a limit, and we can burn through our spoon reserves no matter how fit and healthy we are. So it's important that we're mindful of how much energy we have and how much energy we use up by doing different activities. We learned that it's important to recharge our spoon supplies through rest and things that rejuvenate us. Lastly, we learned that we should be appreciative of the spoons we have, and the spoons that others graciously give to us. Spoons, spoons, spoons. I think I've said the word spoon too many times, it sounds funny now. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Explain This. I hope you've learned something interesting and maybe even useful today. 
I'm also going to take a month of break after the next episode so I can catch up on some life and study. I also need to think about how I want to continue to grow and improve this podcast. Because it's been an awesome 20 episodes of podcast making so far and I've learned a lot already. But it'd be great to expand the podcast and fine tune it so you can get even better quality explanations. So if you're an avid listener or even if this is your first time listening, I'd really appreciate it if you could give me some constructive feedback on how I can improve the podcast or add things or remove things. Also, if you have any topic suggestions, I'm all ears. So if you have any suggestions, please email me on explainthiscast at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Explain This was written and hosted by me, Jin Kim. If you'd like to suggest a topic or just send a lovely message, you can email me at explainthiscast at gmail.com or follow me on Facebook or Twitter 